Hello folks, we're glad you're here. We're gonna have a good time, so don't you fear. We're Adam and Matt, in case you didn't know, it's a Hall of Fame. Broadway Musical Show! Old and new, yes, we'll cover it all. We'll be a great listen while you're walking the mall. So buckle up and away we go, it's the Hall of Fame. Broadway Musical Show! Hello and welcome to the Hall of Fame podcast series featuring the best of the best Broadway musicals of all time. Yes, that's right. We'll be going through the history of Broadway musicals and discussing the all-time greats from all generations. My name is Matt Levy, and I'm joined today by Adam Slowitzki. How are we doing, Adam? Doing great, Matt. It's great to be here. Well, thank you for joining me. Me and Adam both have theater backgrounds, mine not as deep as Adam's, but I asked him to join me on this quest because of his musical knowledge, his experience in theater, and uh, his love for theater, which uh, will, will definitely come pouring out through our, uh, through our interviews and discussions together. So Adam, I just wanted to first ask you for, for listeners, what, what sort of a theater background, what, what's, kind of a, what's your experience? Well, as a young child, I had experience in theater, in local theater, and really grew into it in high school. And then after high school, I attempted to do theater for a little while, more than a little hobby kind of like a career. And I was fortunate enough to tour Europe in the musical Greece for on and off for about four years. And that was a very, very fun time of life. Now I'm married, have kids, and I decided to go into teaching because I always, wanted, I always enjoyed music and it allows me to direct the shows in schools as well. So I still keep that love for theater going and helping young kids kind of develop that experience for themselves. And I'd say even that is modest, being that Adam is very involved in directing shows for kids, musically directing, teaching music, giving lessons to kids, and helping spread the joy of music and theater all around. And both myself and Adam actually met our wives through doing theater, through the theater world. So it's definitely ran into our personal lives as well. So of course, our journey here, we'd like to talk about some of the best Broadway musicals that have uh, graced the stage and have uh, some have come and closed and some are still running to this day. And that brings us to the first show we want to talk about, which is Disney's The Lion King, based on the 1994 Walt Disney Animation Studios animated feature, music by Elton John, lyrics by Tim Rice. And Disney's Lion King is a huge smash hit, to say the least. Adam, what is it that just makes this such a successful show? There are so many things. It, it, it wasn't Disney's first attempt at Broadway, but it's definitely their most successful one. It, it has surpassed all the ones that have come after and before. And I think it has a lot to do with the creative team. I think that Sir Elton John, his name brings a following and his music is, you know, it's, it's just iconic. And it, it helps the plot move along. And then you add that with the director, Julie Taymor, and her, that what she created was just unique in itself, that the first ever puppet show in a musical. Yeah, I think you hit a bunch of huge talking points there. The first one being Sir Elton John, 
who, when you think of many Broadway shows and you think of, you know, who wrote the music, you think of Andrew Lloyd Webber's of the world, um, you think of Alan Menken, but Elton John has a leg up on them in that he is a international star that is known across the globe. My, my first record, I'm dating myself back there, my first record was Elton John's Empty Garden. So he's been around and his music is known around the world. And I think that carries a, a broad audience that might see a show or a, a movie, which originally it's based on, and see the name Elton John attached to it, and that brings in an audience right away. And then you also mentioned the creative team, which Julie Taymor, her stamp, her mark has been made on The Lion King from top to bottom. What are some of the things that she really did that makes Lion King a standout show? Well, she recreated the characters from the movie and attached puppets to the performers and made those performers become one with the puppet and allowed you to visualize what the puppets were doing with the voice and expression of the person behind the said costume piece. And I think a lot of people would say, oh, these characters are very animated on screen. This will be easy to adapt to a show. But I think we take for granted how difficult that must have been to translate these animated animals and characters into a successful Broadway show. Yes, it was her, her, her vision was more than just a puppet show. Her, her vision was bringing puppets to reality and through her direction, her directing and choreography and movement allowed for that flow of the, of the puppet to really become realistic. And it is those puppets that people that have seen the show, people that have maybe even just seen a commercial of the show, that is what is probably most memorable about The Lion King because if you've previously seen the movie, you know the music, or at least some of it going into it, but it is these giant animal costumes that are these giant hollow puppets that these actors have to really almost choreograph all of their movements to make it look real and, and fun for you know, the audience to, to watch. It's, um, it's definitely captivating to watch when and when at, at the beginning of the show in the very first number where they come they come through the audience and they they bring the audience with them onto the stage in their imagination and it just it captivates the audience from the get-go and then you you have no choice but to follow them for the ride and it's been following people for a long time now because disney's musical has been now for over 20 years on broadway and this show has been a success since it debuted it's really been a hit. And as you said previously, Beauty and the Beast, which was their first foray into the Broadway the musical world, was not a huge, was not as big a success as The Lion King was. It was more of a spectacle. And I think Beauty and the Beast really, it, it relied, because it's such a big, big show, it relied on the set pieces. It relied on the big kinds of costumes that people were wearing. And it was just, it was a very expensive production. And I think, you know, it might, maybe it might've been the, the time in New York, maybe the economy not doing so well made a, might've taken a, a toll on that, but it had to move to a different theater. And when it moved to a different theater, it definitely scaled down its budget, which definitely showed that it wasn't, it wasn't gonna last forever, unfortunately. 
Yes, and some of these shows can be, uh, from Disney's side, very expensive to produce. They, you know, they tried to bring in famous people. And one of the, the most interesting things about Lion King is they haven't had to rely on bringing in a star to keep the show going. It's lasted with just as talented working actors without that popular name to keep the show going and people loving the show. And I think that's a great point because when you think of a lot of shows and a lot of times when they're about to fizzle out, they start trading and slipping in different celebrity stars to try and keep the attention, to try and bring in a new audience, people that might not have been interested in the show by itself, they need to be then seduced in a different way. Lion King has never needed to cast a celebrity, a, a stand-in to help sell a show. While you're correct, Beauty and the Beast, I did see it in the city. I saw it because of the lead they brought in to play Belle. Mm. So I think a lot of times, and, and this is a perfect example of it not needing a big star or a big name because the show sold itself. So beyond that, I would say the plot of Lion King is not necessarily what's going to bring in people to see this musical. People are very familiar with the story. It is a Shakespearean story. They did a very good job of stealing almost word for word what plays out through the Hamlet story. But the Lion King is unabashedly the Shakespearean tale of a son losing his father. And it's a dark tale. Very sad. It's a very sad tale. And Disney's known for killing off parents or having a darker story to tell that pays off in the end. But people are not necessarily jumping to see the show because of this unique plot. There's the music, it's the spectacle, it's these puppets, and it's the whole, as you said, the whole package that, that makes the show something special. But also, it's a familiar license. So I think a lot of shows and a lot of musicals aren't always recognizable to the average person. But I think the license and Disney's license here was used to benefit it tremendously. The show has been now running for over 20 years and a lot of cast members tend to trade in and out over the years. And an interesting tidbit that I saw, I actually know now that for over 20 years, one woman was in the same track of the show in the ensemble. But it's amazing that a cast member would stay on for that long a run. It's the longest running in Broadway history. She started with her sister. Her name is, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced this, Lindawi Diamini. And she started with her sister doing the show and then actually went on to meet her husband in the show in 2007. So she was there from 1997 up until 2017, marking her 20th anniversary with the show. And Adam, you might know better than I do. Most of the times you see a one year or two year run of a show is kind of the average, I would say. Can you speak about someone doing a 20 year run of a show? Well, I mean, if you enjoy it that much, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing better than doing something you enjoy. There are people who, who definitely see a show's run on Broadway that maybe lasts three, four or five years and, and does it the whole time. I, I'm, I'm familiar with a couple of people who have done that. But 20 years is a long time for sure. And I, I do think that, you know, you can compare it to someone's profession in real life. Someone who's, someone who's, who's not as fortunate to be on stage as people enjoy doing. And maybe they're at a bank for 20 years. And, you know, that's a, it's, it's, a, it's a career. And to, to them, it's just a career that they love.
Yeah, I think it's easy. That's a good comparison to compare it to anyone else doing their day-to-day job. But I think it's amazing, as you said, uh, how many times a week is an actor asked to perform their role in a show? Oh, eight times a week, for sure. Eight times a week. So they have to find the, the motivation, the inspiration, and the drive to not only wake up and, and present the audience with the same type of energy that they did the day before, but of the past 19 or 20 years. So I think that speaks to someone who obviously loves what they do and was very good at it, too, to keep, to keep going. Yeah, some people are, are very fortunate to have long-lasting contracts, and some people are even more fortunate to be in a show that, just as an audience member having watched it, looks like a good time to be a part of. It definitely looks like they have a great time. You know, sometimes people talk about sometimes the most fun shows where you can be part of an ensemble and still feel like you're the lead of the show because it's an ensemble show. And this is a big cast, and you can tell they have a great time. The show is has been a huge success, grossing more than $1 billion to Disney, making it the highest grossing Broadway production of all time. Over 100 million people worldwide through different tours and different productions have seen the musical and it's earned numerous awards, including six Tony Awards, one for best musical and one for best direction of musical, making director Julie Taymor the first woman to earn such an honor, which is very impressive. September of 2014, The Lion King became the top earning title in box office history for both stage and film, surpassing the previous record held by The Phantom of the Opera. So not a lot of similarities you'd think between the two shows, but I found it interesting their success, which maybe that's a show we'll talk about one day, but it's interesting to see their their comparisons there. talk about next item is the music of the show because a lot of people are familiar with the circle of life a lot of people know the songs Hakuta Matata I just can't wait to be king but when they translate an animated movie into a Broadway production it's not exactly tone for tone word for word note for note and they obviously have to add and change things how is that done differently here well they have to add more more music into the show just because an animated feature is only about 90 minutes long. So in order to turn, a, turn it into a Broadway show that's full length for a, a, a family audience, it needs to be somewhere closer to the two hour mark. So they have to add more plot and more dialogue and more music to fill in the time, but still trying to make it important to the show and not just to add fillers. And they add they add music to, to make certain characters' roles bigger and more important to the whole entire story. So it's definitely a large part of this is, is fleshing out the characters, filling out a full story that might not be just focused on maybe Simba, but also some of the other characters and some of their motivations and focusing a little more on Scar and focusing a little more on each of the characters. Rafiki gets a little more time in the spotlight and it does get you to kind of fully flesh out a full two and a half hour show. Yes. The, also, the, the hyenas, they, they are actually one of my favorite parts of the show because in the movie, you know, they're just Scar's little sidekicks and, you know, and they're, they're involved in the scenes. But in, in the show, they were given a, an entire song and you really you feel like you get to know them a little bit better. Absolutely. And each of these characters, the, the hyenas, 
Mufasa, Scar, they all, for the principal characters, had different types of costumes. And these costumes are not the same as some of the other animals that are portrayed in puppeteers and even on stilts. Some of the principal characters, some of the costumes feature mechanical headpieces that can actually be raised and lowered to foster like an illusion of it moving forward or back. It gives it motion and Zazu being one of them, I remember the bird kind of moving around yeah. uh, by the actor, which is really neat. So that gives the actors, I feel, a little more freedom and let them animate themselves on stage a little more. As you said, the hyenas get a larger role in the show and they can get a little more comedy aspect of it and also fully featured in a little more of the music because in the movie, they're not really featured all that much besides a, a scene here or there. So it gives each of the characters a little more, a little more time on stage. I'm gonna be a mighty king, so when the bees beware. I've never seen a king of beasts with quite so little hair. I'm gonna be the main... When you think about the, the orchestra of some of these shows, when you think about uh, The Lion King and all the music that's in this show, you can't just throw a couple of pieces in and expect to fill the, the sound that's needed for a show like this. So how many pieces or how many, how many different instruments are needed for a show like this? Well, Disney does a better job at employing people with their budget. They definitely have larger orchestras in general than most other Broadway shows. There was a time when, when Broadway was having a 30-piece orchestra, and, and there was definitely a time period where that dwindled down and it's kind of stuck to that point. And typically you have between 15 and 20 now. And in, in any Disney show, they, they still go full all out somewhere between 10, 20 and 30, depending on who is orchestrating the show. I think that The Lion King probably doesn't have nearly as many pieces as some other Disney shows do because Elton John is a pop musician and a lot of his music you know, pop music is, comes along with guitar. So guitar is more like the, the driving force to the music. And he definitely has a lot of other instrumentation that surround the guitar. So it still has an orchestral feel. But typically, I think the Lion King Orchestra is not as extravagant as some of their other productions have, been, the Disney productions have been. But a show like this, I'd assume you have a wide variety of uh, violinists, cellos, French horns, as you said, guitars, percussionists, to get this authentic cultural African sound to, to really recreate the Lion King the way it should be done. Yes. They also do a lot with synthesizers they, to, to not, not replace the instruments that are there, just to enhance it. And a lot of, a lot of Broadway musicals don't get the luxury of having a string section and they just, it's usually done by just a synthesizer. It means no worries for the rest of your day. It's our problem free philosophy. Now, how hard does this make doing a show like The Lion King in a school or in a community theater because you don't have access to such a large orchestra, does it make some of these shows harder to get the sounds correctly in a smaller space? The Disney shows are definitely harder to do overall from performing it and even to producing it. it you, it's very hard to do it correctly within a school. 
because Disney is a spectacle. So you rely on a budget to do something like that. And when you don't have a budget in the school to do such things, you, you really just rely more on the, the performances. And I don't know if, if necessarily that would do its justice, but it is definitely hard. And I, I think that The Lion King, which only recently they just actually released a Lion King Jr. experience for schools. Normal theaters can't produce it because it's still on Broadway, relatively speaking. <laughs> Hopefully it comes back very soon. But schools are able to do that now. And it, it comes with, the junior experience comes with an orchestrated CD that is an accompaniment CD, if you choose to use that. Otherwise, you just use a piano. So most people use the CD that it comes with and it foregoes the live music aspect of it, which I think, you know. Yeah, a lot of people feel that when you translate a Broadway show to a community theater or a, a school performance, it obviously is not the same when you have to replace an orchestra, full orchestra, with something that's pre-recorded a, as a, as a, as in, a, in a CD or in that type of format. So, you know, listening to the original Broadway cast recording back from the 1997 Broadway cast, you, it has that full sound of the entire cast, the, the entire orchestra, and it's one of the most, I know, most successful cast recordings of all time. Yeah, it was on my playlist for a long time. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. In the jungle, the mighty jungle. So when you think about The Lion King, the overarching success, and I'd say the impact on Broadway at large, I would say, first off, wouldn't you say this gave Disney the confidence to now try to write additional musicals, translate a lot of its other properties, maybe then try to do more tours, more as you said, school editions, get involved more in the theater and musical world because of the success of Lion King, which was only their second real attempt at, at trying this out. Yes, The Lion King was definitely a big success around the world. Uh, there recently I saw online, there was during the quarantine, there were different casts of The Lion King that kind of got together and they did a song together and they were all singing it in their own different languages and they connected it all together and it was it was very touching and very moving and it was it had a lot of views so just like at the Broadway show it had a lot of views i would agree that the impact and the reach of this show has no limits and it's reached across continents there's versions of the lion king being performed across the globe and that's part of its success i would definitely say that not every show has that type of enormous reach. You can't take your average show and perform it here or there and have the same type of success because it might not have the interest in those areas. So I agree with you that it's, it's diversity. I mean, making characters like Rafiki as a female character uh, in the show versus we, we tend to think that the monkey or, uh, is, is portrayed by a male in the, in, the, in the film. But doing things like that, making it more diverse, being directed by a, by a woman, I think is a powerful thing. Again, adding to the diversity and it being forward thinking. And then also the cast of, of, of the show, I feel like they, they do a great job of casting more diversely and giving opportunities to people that might not necessarily have these type of opportunities and jobs. 
That's absolutely right. It's definitely culturally diverse. Yeah, I would, I would say that the, the diversity of the cast is one of its strengths. And it's, again, given legs to the show and made the show well-liked and giving it more authenticity. Speaking of its culturally diverse casting, I do think that doesn't matter what country, what ethnicity the person is in the show, there's so much makeup and you're so drawn into the puppet and the actual story that sometimes you wouldn't notice that there has been a Caucasian scar and Mufasa was an African-American male. You wouldn't, and they're brothers, but you don't necessarily get distracted by that fact in this show because of the power of the costume and the makeup and the performances that they're actually giving. And that's great that who's playing the part is less important than the part that they're playing. And that's acting at its best and being able to put on these costumes. And it doesn't matter who you are when you're off stage. It's, it's, it's giving that authentic character, the, the feel and look that we tend to think of when you think of the Lion King. So yeah, I think that we, we covered here so many different things already. You got the creative team, you got the music. And both of those things play a huge part in, in the success of the show. You got the plot, the plot of this show. Again, I don't think the driving force, but it's a story that is almost a, it's an American classic now, I would say. The Lion King, it's, this, it's become this story that everyone knows. and It's, it's synonymous with, with kids and just generations and generations now over the last 20 years. I make it sound like it's been around for decades and decades, but over the course of 20 plus years, it's now become something that all kids and all families know this story. So kind of summing everything up and, and kind of coming to some sort of conclusion here, Lion King is an instant Hall of Fame inductee. Anything, Adam, that you feel as far as the, whether it's the, the set pieces, the costumes, the music, all the different pieces that make this show the, the, the longest currently running show on Broadway, what is it? Uh, is there anything here that we, we failed to mention? I think the scenery is definitely adding to the success of the show because it just comes out of nowhere. A lot of shows, things will get wheeled on in a, within a track on the stage or things will come flying down. This relies on that pride rock, which comes right out of the floor and you don't see it coming. And there's even a part where there's... Uh, the ensemble comes out as, as grass in the grassland and the, you see the grass on the ground and then all of a sudden people come up and they are the grass. It's like the scenery is as, as part of the character and the telling of the story and enhances it and is not just scenery to be there to show a location. And I think that adds to the overall spectacle that it's hard to replicate this show exactly the way they do it on Broadway. You can try and perform The Lion King somewhere else uh, in a school on a tour. But on Broadway, you get the full spectacle of the set pieces coming up from the ground out of nowhere. You got the lighting, which when it lights up, it feels like this African sunrise in some of these different sections of the, of the show. You have the orchestra, you have the full experience. The puppeteering is the thing that you really you can't say enough about. And it's the full experience that makes this show so dynamic and so unforgettable. And that's why it's a show that everyone, if you're a theater fan, everyone should see because it'll hopefully keep going and keep going, keep going. But this is once Broadway does reopen, which we're during COVID times now, but this is a show that, that no one should miss. So in closing, I want to thank you, Adam, for, for joining us on our, our first Broadway Hall of Fame podcast 
Uh, we look forward to talking about many more uh, shows in the future. We hope you guys join us. We're going to have a whole website and social media presence and, and podcast uh, that you can follow us on. Adam, I just want to thank you for joining me today. Thanks for allowing me to come here for having this wonderful conversation. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I hope you can all go and support your theaters, whether they're in New York City or locally by wherever you are, and keep the arts alive because everybody benefits from them. Yeah, we can't say that enough. Um, a lot of things right now, obviously, you can't go in large theaters and, and sit down and, and watch a great piece of art. So in that meantime, try and help and support in any way you can. Keep the arts alive. Keep listening to the theater so when it comes back, we can all jump and buy tickets and go see, support one another. And uh, thank you guys again today. Goodbye, folks. Thanks for stopping by. Adam and Matt gave it the college try. Come back again soon because away we go. This is the Hall of Fame Broadway Musical Show.